Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Welcome back, Val. It's a shame we couldn't have you out there uh, last week. What happened? Nope. Tell us in your uh, own words had... what happened. Well, for those of you who maybe know about it, I used to do a YouTube channel called Culture Girl. I didn't do it. I, I did voice acting for them. And I would, like, you know, help with a bit of input and, like, improv and everything every now and then. It was this um, channel about um, just trivia and everything. And then two hosts, Culture and Crash. Why it's called Culture Crash. Oh, I, I remember Crash this. Oh, I yes, love yes, those. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, did you really? Well, I love that you were in them. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. But uh, yeah, it was like a nice trivia channel and everything. So it'd be things from like history to like uh, scientific theory and everything like that. And I was the crass one and he was like the logical, uh, informational one. And uh, the guy who played the logical, informative one is studying in London. And we were like, hey, we need to get together. So I was like picking up from the train station and everything. And I spent the weekend with him and I just showed him around and he had a really nice time and uh, so did I. It was really good meeting him for the first time. That's it, pretty it was, sweet. I was like talking to a, a homeless guy at the train station as well because um, he seemed like really lonely and he came over to me and was asking me about um, my patch, you know that Kira patch I've got on that jacket. Oh yeah, the uh, the pill? Yeah, he was just a really nice like, you know, kind of kind of smelly homeless man and I was like, man, I bet this guy doesn't get like spoken too much so I was just sat down. I'm, I'm virtue signaling right now, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, you're so cool. <laughs> but speaking of other like internet shows you've been in, recently I came out over this, uh, the two weeks you were gone, The Legend yeah. of Pee Pee that now yeah. has over a million papillion views is... Over two papillion over views. Over two even. papillion views. Yeah, <laughs> two billion, two million. You play the sorry. Minotaur in that, and it's because mm -hmm. it, right before this recording started, you talked about how you really much enjoy those those um those student uh, film projects. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have to come clean, Ivan. I, I I didn't have a guest over. I had a stint in Hollywood after the success of Pippi, but naturally my hubris the red carpet and, premiere. Uh, yeah, my hubris and bad choices, you know, got me like you know, in a bad way with the Hollywood elite and. Now I'm back at the bottom doing Joycast. Back with me, where back I in the belong. trash train with me, baby. <laughs> no, it's where I belong, really. And it's a special occasion in the trash train because yes, it today is, is our 25th anniversary. We've been recording this podcast for 25 years, Val. <laughs> <laughs> 20, we've done 25 episodes, which actually, if you actually do a podcast, it does. you think to yourself, oh, 25 episodes of a podcast. No, it actually feels like a fuck ton. They come That's, out it's annually. A lot. <laughs> yeah, to come out like, to like we, we've had breaks. There have been times where it's been rocky on the schedule, but uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it feels like we've been doing this all our lives at this point. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a special occasion, and so we decided to just kind of put the topicality aside for an episode, at least maybe for the end of the episode, maybe we'll talk about mm. our our new triumvirate of My Hero Academia, One Piece, and Chainsaw Man all coming out at the same time now, we are so spoiled. Yeah, I, um, you know, right? I have not been this spoiled since like 2019 or 2020 when I was like reading Beastars, Chainsaw Man, One Piece, green blood right <laughs> like yeah. this is the most spoiled i've been for a while with stuff that i'm actually engaged in reading yeah. so before we really before those completely take over the podcast going forward um for this special 25th anniversary special uh we want to dial it back and focus on one topic here 
and uh, more of like an almost like an editorial kind of episode. We wanted to do these forever and we've never had the time, but now felt like it was right. And so I, I told Val before the show, what was your first anime? Always remember your first, your first anime. And what I mean by this is the first time you actively watched anime, you knew it was anime. You said, all right, this is anime. I'm going to sit down and this is going to begin my love affair with this fucking medium. Like mm. you saw this and went, all right, I'm into this medium. I want to see more. Because Val and I, you and I, we come from a generation that where if we said our technical, like, literal first anime, we'd both mm -hmm. say Pokemon or Digimon it or was, Sailor I, Moon, I, I, the, the triumvirate of the time. I am very proud. I'm different. I'm very proud to say my first was The Giver on video. Could I'm actually you. proud to say that. I could, but, yeah, I could no, technically I say Giant Robo if I'm Giant being... Giant Robo's fucking sick. Right? There was, That's um, actually I, badass. I had, I had, a, I had a Filipino uh, classmate back in uh, elementary school, and he had a, and his parents had a big van with a with a CRTV just strapped to the back, and they just, and they had nothing but fucking Studio Ghibli fucking VHSs and uh, tapes. But at the time, I just didn't. I was so young, I did not recognize that as anime. And it would be like literally like 20 years later that I would rediscover Giant Robo. I wanted to talk about Giant Robo, but there's actually I'm another upset. anime You're not that talking about Giant Robo. I know, right? Like, unfortunately, there's another anime that that uh, preludes that before I was really getting into anime. And the very first one that I got into was, of course, American Dragon Jake Long. <laughs> no, I'm fucking kidding with you. Um, <laughs> Hajime no Ippo: The Fighting. Uh, by Studio Madhouse. This came out in 2002. I watched this. This was my Twilight College years. Um, this is when. So I discovered this. Uh, this is back yeah, when I, I was. Interject with a short thing. Go the for first it. First time I ever came across Ivan Leroy was on BTVA, where I saw Hajime no Ippo a bridge, considered auditioning, but deemed it beneath me. Yep. And then the man like. I tracked that down. That, the, the man tracks me down, like, through emails and, like, you know, people well, talking we about Well, I me. found you again when we were auditioning yes. for Seven Deadly Schmucks. That's when I found you again, because we were auditioning for the same role. And then oh. I saw you, and I'm like, well, if I can have the role, I will take the voice after. I'm taking him. I'm taking I'm him. Taking the I'm taking the boy. Who was the role? Was it Dreyfus? <laughs> it was Dreyfus, yeah. yeah, which I still do to this day, because, like, I, I think it's going to be um fraudulent now, because, like, I think the character's, like, going to die off in the in the abridge soon whenever the hell that comes out I, if i'm um, remembering the man then, correctly the man came out inside and like hit me in the fucking side of the head it was like do you want a voice in my what was it no it was for um it was my no you the were the, the very first thing i got you for was all might in my hero academia no 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 it was the football anime that was second where they go no back i got oh, so what? i got you for all my first and then i backtracked to that for you but that okay, came okay. out first. That came out first, though, because this is back when I was doing seasonal orders. We have actually been working together so fucking long. So I freaking know. long. But wow. the man hits me in the side of the head, and he shows me what it, it was. The it was the first episode of the football one that you entered for the Tiba Awards, right? Yeah, for Tiba, Team Four Stars, yeah, um, Ten by Gucci, yeah. abridging a marathon. And you got, uh, I want to say, thirteenth. I got thirteenth. Yeah, and, and I, I watched that, and it, it, it was immediately like, because it, it wasn't the rule, you had to make them laugh in 15 seconds. You had to make them, it, it was, so that was just the bullshit, like, like, surface level rule. It was, 
entertain yeah. them in 15 seconds before they go off. But they said, make us laugh because you because entertainment is subjective to dumbass fucking True. 12-year-old anime fans. Absolutely. Um, but if you want to, but that whole contest was a freaking farce. I mean, look no further than the fact that how I caught your mother didn't even place oh, by the midnight yeah, no, frogs. That was the true winner Ivan, in my book. Yeah, I, Ivan was uh, Ivan man was talking about this the other day, and I was like, oh fuck, that was a good one. Yeah, Shit. we like the Joy Boys have rediscovered this parody. Like this didn't place. This got like an honorable mention because they're fucking frauds. But yeah, ever since he burst his way into my email box and everything, and um, and I saw the Tiba entry, he's been a part of my life ever since. Best email I ever sent. <laughs> exactly, for sure. Best email. But no, but I it, it, that's relevant because that would become my first official abridged parody I made too. As I'm well, surprised as you, know you haven't tried it again. I'm surprised you haven't Epo, tried it again. We yeah. did try to make an attempt a couple of years ago. Oh. Um, it was pre-pandemic, and things just went nuts. And we're like, okay, I'm overwhelmed right now. I can't do this. Well, yeah, because you were doing all the doctor, uh, the hospital stuff, obviously. Yeah, I was working. The, I was working the um, the disaster force or whatever you, it was you called. You were working. I was. I was working the yeah. task force. Like I was on. I was on the front lines. I was in office meetings. You like, were sleep deprived. You were trying to run your channel and everything. I was trying like, to run my channel you. and a hospital because it's like some... that's that's how fucked the pandemic was. Val is a guy yeah. like me. I'm just a. I'm just a patient care associate. All right. I'm I, with a bunch mm -hmm. of licenses and a, and a little guy like me, comparably in the system was on a fucking disaster task force. That's how unprecedented the pandemic was. Because yeah. they need because I had that U of M degree. And they're like, okay, you're smart. You have epi you you know epidemiology. You know all this shit. Get in this fucking office right now and listen <laughs> and, and, and fucking yell at these boomers who are trying to remove everyone's masks right now. Yeah, it was like you, you were coming in and, and sometimes you're already like, you know, just like blank out when you're busy with stuff, but like it was just unprecedented how like scatterbrained you were at the time. I, I was remember. a mess. And, and that were, was so. You were going insane at I that I was point. going insane and that was so sad because the year prior, I finally got my nose clean and I was finally seeing things clearly now. And then boom, pandemic hits and I was insane again. I turned insane <laughs> again and I became an alcoholic for like three months. Damn. Fuck. That was fun. Uh, I was drinking was. every. I was drinking every day during during those that that the the uh, the phase one of the pandemic. It was bad. I I was going into work hungover. I was just. Every, I mean, everyone I, was. Everyone was. I mean, every, everyone had a shit time in pandemic in like one way or the other. Like my nan died and shit, but I'll admit, for the, I was just fucking in the woods, dude. I was just chilling in the woods, fucking cooking sausages and shit. I mean, I, like, I can't even like, admit. Besides the insanity, like I have to admit, we had fun though. Like when I wasn't working, when when I wasn't working on the channel and the hospital, the rare like two hours a night that I got that could have been dedicated to sleeping. Just drinking with the Joy Boys, watching Scooby Doo, that mm. horrible Scooby Doo movie that came out. Watching Wait, minis. We were, we were oh, just Scoob, Scoob we with were the all Blue Falcon and shit. We were all to... insane. And so we're like, well, relish the insanity. We're drunk, we're out of our gourds. Let's watch the worst movies possible. Did we finish Joy Quest in 2020? We, I think we did. I think it tanked in 2020. That, that yeah, 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 yeah. Like everything just fell. Oh man, and th th it was it was sad too because we literally just met up, and then like a few months later, it's like pandemic happens, can't go anywhere. Obviously, it's like we were all like, oh, let's do this again next year and everything. It'll be fucking great, or sometime soon. And then everything, yeah, no, it was crazy. <laughs> everything went to hell. But yeah, this everything is, went to hell. This is this 2019 is, was such a good year too. It was. 
But so this is all a big preface because this is still relevant to our discussion. Going back to Hajime no Ippo the fighting. Mm -hmm. So this goes to my twilight years in college. I said before that pre-pandemic, I just got myself clean. Um, so I used I used to deal with drug abuse and alcoholism, and doing this while boxing. And so mm -hmm. this was a very dark, depressive period of my life. And so I come across Hajime the, fight, the fighting. A bunch a bunch of boxers at my gym would talk about this. Um, they just talk about Ippo and the Dempsey role and all these moves and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And they, so, so they, they say, look up Hajime no Ippo. I'm like, whatever. And I kind of, I kind of ruminated on it. And then like post, I graduate from college. I'm working third hour, I'm working third shifts. So like midnight shifts at a retirement home. Freaking out of my fucking gourd, depressed. Um, and so like, I have to like, I have on these odd sleepovers. I have to keep myself awake on odd hours even on my days off so i can stay on the night schedule and so i started watching hajime no ipo the fighting and just like it's such a beautiful series okay it's about it's about this this young kid he's just kind of a he doesn't really participate in life you you like i always make fun of the nerd trope and stuff and like mm -hmm. this stuff this one does have bullying and stuff but ipo's not like a traditional nerd it's just he's just because of some trauma in his past He's just become a bit of a spectator in life, and that kind of like rubs people the wrong way, and he and he bumps into people, and they get mad at him, and eventually he bumps into the right person, uh, uh, a Mamoru Takamura, who's going to be the future heavyweight champion of the world, and uh, he gets him into boxing, and this and it just changes the kid's life, and uh, for the better, just makes some improvements, and and this kid works his ass off and becomes a champion in his own regard, and it's it's a wonderful series based on a manga that is still going to this day. If you thought One Piece was long, Hajime no Ippo is still going on today. It started in the 1980s. Doesn't it have like almost 2,000 chapters or It's something? about over 1,300 chapters now, I do believe. It's a monthly series as well, isn't it? Um, it's uh, it's just like Oda, it's whenever the fuck I feel like. Uh, release <laughs> schedule now. It used yeah, to be yeah, we it he, used to be he's weekly. earned that right, hasn't he? It used to be weekly, but now George Morikawa does it whenever he feels like. And it's almost weekly. And I have to admit, I'm reading it weekly again. Oh, has, has it like picked up again? Because you nope. and I always we read, we no. brought this up a lot during Saturday Jump. Um, so we did to preface it. Ippo's no longer boxing. He's a second chair for random boxers. Um, a lot of the boxers are in Mexico right now, trying to rip the current world champion Ricardo. And then, and then, and then these are always like punctuated Mexico by is the place to be, Epo. And these are all punctuated by Takamura fights for whenever he mm -hmm. gets a new belt. Currently, they're in Mexico. Um, the Pacquiao equivalent, who's one of Epo's rivals, old rivals, and Vorg, one of my favorite boxers in that series. They're in I, Mexico, dude, I, I into, and they're like, all getting their I, fights right now. I got into watching like a bunch of Epo videos like uh, last year or something. I was surprised how in the community Borg is like really beloved. <laughs> I love the work. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, so Epo is what kept me alive those dark years. Like, it was get your shifts done, go watch another episode of Epo, get some sleep, wake up. There's Epo waiting for you at the end of the day, whether it was an episode of the anime or the manga. But the anime, especially, really just struck a chord with me. The animation is beautiful. It's it's in the four by six um aspect or four by eight aspect ratio, but the animation still holds up today. It's by Studio Madhouse, the creators of Black Lagoon, 
Monster, Season 1 of One Punch Man, Sunny Boy, these guys are the best. They don't, they're not as active as they used to be, but they make the bangers. I didn't know Madhouse did Sunny Boy. They, yep, that was one of their most recents. Um, but yeah, oh. amazing studio. Um, the licenses are um, by Genion. Discotech just, speaking of 2020, Discotech just picked up the rights, so now we can actually buy it off not just the four episode $40 uh, volume DVDs. They're now in good Blu rays. Um, yeah, I, really I, have cool. I have something to talk about with that on my show too but go right on. yeah discotech is now carrying that so if you want if you want to um watch epo at its best quality discotech now has the blu-rays and it's amazing I, I, I know it's more about the japanese companies but like obviously to us back in the day funimation or it, it, i know it wasn't funimation that did epo was it no nope it was it was no, a, it was, it was like a new, new york, york group because um takamura's, yeah. takamura's voice actor was straight up out of fucking broadway uh, absolutely <laughs> I love that Eddie stuff. something. He's amazing. He does like one man shows now. Uh, I love him. That's cool. I wish I wish I was full. I, I should have got the full credentials on my list. I just have a couple of disparate notes. It's been a long time since I watched it. But before this uh, episode of the podcast, I did watch the uh, the second Sendo fight, which is like the end of the first series, The Fighting. There's actually three both series. There's The Fighting, which I'm talking about. There's also New Challenger and Rising. And there, and there are apparently rumors for a fourth season. I doubt it, but hmm. maybe, maybe it, in I mean, a perfect been, world we'll get another rising season. Rising twenty. I didn't even finish Rising. I felt I, I know Rising. Rising was bits, rough. Rising was very. Yeah, that's the reason really why there's was. no more seasons because Rising, Rising I, was just kind of a jobber. I stopped after the Aokiji fight, like the best Aokiji fight. Oh uh, no, Aoki. It's Aoki. Oh, is it? Oh. Exactly, exactly. No, yeah. If there's any good merit to Rising, it's the Aoki fight. That's the beginning of Rising. I think the Kamigawa fight might also be in Rising. The um, the the uh, the post World War II fight. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's basically just Japanese Rocky. Like that. That's also good. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, Rising is kind of mid. But New Challenger is just basically a sequel to Fighting. Uh, but they 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 all adapt for the manga. But if you want like the bread and butter of what makes Epo special. The Fighting is the one you want to watch. It's 75 episodes. Animation holds with this day. The soundtrack is one of the greatest anime soundtracks of all time. Again, something that kept me going. Like, I'd be working that retirement home with my freaking, uh, with, with, with the Epo soundtrack in my iPod. Because I had iPod back then. You say no, I want Kimi me. Yep, that, that, that intro. All the intro, all the OPs are freaking badass. They are. I thought Riding Rising had like a really amazing intro yeah. at the time in 2013. Like yeah. that shit got me pumped. But then it just it just didn't grab me. Like I was in the middle of my college work and everything, and I was like watching Rising a lot while working, and I, I was having like a blast with that. But for some reason, then after the a a Aoki fight, it just didn't grab me. After no, that. It, that, think, that's like, just Rising. The, the the direction was different. The animation was different. It just well, it also felt like they were like retreading things. Like um, but yes, but like, yeah, I but that's in, that that's emblematic of the manga. This is a manga that's yeah. been going on for years, and this is an old. This is an old manga. No, yeah, still going on today. It's supposedly repetitive. It's supposed to be weekly, even though it doesn't necessarily release weekly anymore. It's supposed to just do the job, and that's the problem. And that's the reason why I keep falling on and off of the manga currently. Because it's just very repetitive. It, 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 this is a manga that will never end. Morikawa will die and this story will go unf unfinished. Not because of health issues, but because the man will be 200 years old. And still writing this manga. And doing the same story over and over again. Ippo is one of those stories that I feel like 
like it's just life at a point. Like you could like he could write it off and give Ippo a happy ending and be like, oh, he, you know, Ippo he could have ended it a thousand chapters ago. Yeah, he could have. Because again, it's a repetitive story. I mean, the the stories that the fighting covers. There are four mm -hmm. times in that anime where the series could have ended. That's just that's just how it is. That's just I find I find it frustrating. How do you how do you feel about this? Because I feel it's frustrating with the manga. Because you th I thought after he's Ippo quit boxing, it was going to be that Ippo got what he wanted, and now that he's like quit boxing, he can actually concentrate on like other aspects of his life. Like he can finally like maybe I'm small brained, want the guy to get the girl and everything, but I'm like Ippo, why don't you like? Just settle down with this like sweet honey you got on the side. I mean, that's what he's doing. Like in the current manga, sociopath. he's running the fishing business. He's got yeah, his girlfriend, yeah. and he and then wait, wait, and wait, they, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Are they actually? They are. They basically like they won't like blatantly say. Don't it. say ba no. Don't. They but they're say always it. they're they, always together. Like they've settled down. Mm. So they're a, good. Ostensibly. Yeah. Okay. It's not like oh okay. my god. Oh, I, 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 I do you want to hang out, Kumi? It's just they're always together. Well, that's that's good at least, but I, I, it's like I want. It's that, just without. It's, like, it's just about without blatant words because some of us now still ship him with the reporter girl. Um, oh yeah. But, but now it's annoying because obviously from when I was looking at it, my mouse is just spazzing. Fuck out. When I was like reading it, obviously I was like, man, he's quit boxing. It felt like a really definitive decision. It felt like when that guy was like, oh, talking about Epo in the ring. He's like, oh, you know talking about Epo and like how he's like wanting him to return someday or something but it's like yeah he could fucking end that on like Epo deciding whether or not he wants to return he, he could have just done that yeah that open ended been... but no the, the problem is this is just an open story that just keeps going and going and currently like I said he he like as the series currently stands Epo just like he's the he's the second guy he's the he's the chair guy during um, boxing matches yeah 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 so he, that, that way he could be the... even closer to the matches by the way the I, I see the art of the anime is great the art in the manga is also incredible, especially the fight. Yeah, I know. George Morikawa is great. The, 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 the filler, lines, the outside, the... The, the more domestic stuff is kind of like solid. It's solid. But when you want to see Morikawa pop off, it's in the boxing matches. The art looks mm. crazy. I mean, he's got his own fucking boxing gym now with Takamura on the top yeah, of the Yeah, they did like the same statue, statue on top of, of the Kamigawa gym. He put on top of his gym, too. He probably just, let, he probably just, people just go in there and practice, and he's just like, watch him be like, okay, what are these guys doing? And starts drawing them. Yep, and, and despite the exaggerations, if you ever wanted to, like, teach someone boxing, you can make them read the Ippo manga. Like, it, mm -hmm. it explains boxing perfectly. It really does. Um, and, and in that way, besides the authenticity of it, in terms of the amazing animation, art, the voice acting, this is this is the best sports shonen ever made. It truly is. Mm. Believe it, if you have not seen it, watch it and you will agree. Yes, Haikyuu was undoubtedly the modern successor to that mantle of best sports shonen, but Ippo walked Oh yeah, first. you like Haikyuu. You don't talk about Haikyuu I that love Haikyuu because again, that is a brilliant sports um, uh, shonen. However, it's also very modern in that it weaponizes cute boys to get all demographics involved. If you want to talk yeah. about pure, unconcentrated fucking um, sports shonen, it is Hajime no Ippo the fighting. Like, mm. that, that, is, that is just like, sends a lightning bolt through your fucking ball sack kind of action. Like, it's fucking intense. I love it. They literally make jet engine sounds when they're hitting each other. Like, it's so <laughs> good. If you want to talk you about, see, like, I, the I... most visceral action in um, anime, 
the only other one that gets close or succeeds on it, again, by the same studio, One Punch Man Season 1. When you talk mm. about just brilliantly animated action shonen. I would say what I'm going to talk about is actually really close, like, a brilliantly animated show. It, I, it's why I'm going to talk so passionately about it in a bit. I, and go for it. I, I've said my piece. It's just the fact that it is one of the best show, sports shonen ever made. Its production is immaculate. I love it. And it just got me through some tough times. It was the foundation that I built mm. upon to stay alive long enough to get my ass clean. And when I started doing the abridged series, it changed my fucking life. I am here today because of that abridged series. No one remembers it, and for good reason. It was horrible. Um, but that is everything I learned. I built off of that series. And and then from there became My Hero Academia Abridged and Dr. Stone Abridged and now Spike's Family Abridged. They all owe the, they all owe their existence to Hajime no Meepo, the fighting. That's where I started, man. Um, and that's where I met a lot of you and a lot of the people that I still work with today is through that series. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I remember you were saying, um, didn't, what was it, the voice actor for, uh, Froggy in the Abridged? Did you meet her through that? Uh, Mackenzie Atwood, uh, I met them, uh, actually, uh, they contacted me. That was through My Hero Academia Bridge, um, that they contacted, because they were a fan. Um, and they oh, were okay. like, hey, I love your series, could I get any, like, they, they, they just like, any role, and I'm just like, well, I have an opening for Froggy. And they just and they just roll it, and yeah, and it, and I cherish that work with them, and it's so sad because they recently had to graduate from that role, um, because Mackenzie mm. Mackenzie is the 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 jack of all trades, and maybe even the master of all trades. They they voice act, they work in the animation industry, they work at um, Titmouse. Um, they, and, and when they have free time, they modify Game Boys. <laughs> they, they're, they're insane. Um, and, and it just came to the point where it was completely amicable. Um, they just, uh, not enough time in the day. Just not enough time in the day. And it was mm -hmm. like, all right, what do I drop first? It had to be a bridging, unfortunately. But I completely understand. And, uh, mm -hmm. but whenever we start getting our original stuff out, like our podcasts, and I'm still... I, guys, we're still working on paramedic. I swear, it's just it takes time. Believe me, though. And when we and we get the mo and people. we get the motion dub going, I'm knocking on Mackenzie's door once again. And Mackenzie said, "Please." The instant, if I even mention like leaving, he'll grab me by the neck. Yeah, you're not allowed to leave. Scream. Mackenzie can leave. <laughs> All right, I respect Mackenzie, but I love you. You can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall I talk about my? It's show, about then? time. Yes, please. Now tell me right. about. Full Metal Alchemist 2003 is a show that I will vehemently defend to the death for its shortcomings, but most definitely for the things that I feel as though it does incredibly well, especially in comparison to Brotherhood, which is an anime I respect, I love, because I love everything Full Metal Alchemist related, I love everything Hiromu Arakawa related, although I have been forgetting to catch up on her newest thing so goddamn much either, Yomi but no it also Tsugai. makes me What's happy monthly? It's difficult. Yomi no Tsugai, I know, but I'm looking forward to it, because whenever I do remember, I go, holy shit, I've got like three months worth of stuff to catch up right? on. Ooh. So, Full Metal Alchemist 2003, when I was a kid in like year six, primary school, my brother and I were left alone one day in the house at night, and my brother said, Val, I found a site that showed, uh, 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 a TV, 
channel that shows anime, but it comes on at nine o'clock at night, so we have to stay up, okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And they had a lot of shows. They had, um, to start off with, Visions of Escaflone, uh, I believe Cowboy Bebop, but Full Metal Alchemist was the one that hooked me the most, even in the trailers. Two brothers trying to resurrect their mother, make pay the biggest fucking price. One loses an arm and leg, one loses his entire body, but through sheer determination, grit, and a bit of alchemic knowledge, Edward Elric brings his brother back to life, at least his soul, in the suit of an armor. That's for the uninitiated. What happens really is obviously because 2003 was made before the manga had even made any headway towards ending. At a some very point early along adaptation. The line, they, they, it makes sense because so the manga is one of the greatest mm, of all time. It really is. So along the way, they naturally had to divert course, you know, have writers like fill in the gaps of the story of what they're going to do because they didn't want to put in loads of filler. It wasn't that kind of show, which was new to me because I was so used to things like Pokemon. Yeah, let's One go, let's go to the beach. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like, yeah, even which, when you, back when we were kids and we didn't know what anime was, we were very much aware of what filler was. Yeah, it felt like, you know, why it, it was like, you know, uh, Krillin goes to get a pearl from the bottom of the ocean for his fucking Bulma Goku clone. and Piccolo get their driver's licenses. Yeah, I never watched that episode when I was a kid, to be honest. I never caught that one, I guess. They never aired it on Toonami. I mean, they may have done once, but I think they, really? like, honestly, like, in America, they would, like, they would vehemently skip filler if they could. But for me personally, like, I had watched shows like Diver and Pokemon and Digimon, which I always got the feel of had, like, a superior level of storytelling to these other shows, yeah. but when I was watching Full Metal Alchemist 2003, this was the first show that really made me go, wow, there is so much going on here, like, emotionally for the characters, there's a lot of, like, sound logic in the story and everything, and I remember being sat there one day and being like, this is so much better than Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, I, like, I literally had this thought, it sounds like we're doing our usual thing where we're trying to shit on Dragon Ball Z. As we should. But, like, I, I was just it's there, like, work. this is... I recognized it in my mind as like a really well-written show. And in 2003, like you can say that like they don't handle alchemy very well. It's more like magic. Uh, Scar has that one bit. Do you remember much of 2003? Cause I'm sure you watched it, didn't you? I, so it would, so that's the one, like, so Toonami had the, the afternoon block and then they yeah. had the late night block. And so mm. they would say Full Metal Alchemist for the late night block. That was, that was adult See? anime. So, and again, yeah, I'm no. a kid. I don't really, I can recognize what anime is. I just go, oh, that's that's stuff for adults. I can't watch that. that, that that's boring. See, for, me, for me as a kid, that was like, you're exactly right, because Full Metal Alchemist was one of the But then I said, but after Epo, the and then I'm aware what anime is, and now I'm like, okay, I want to watch anime. What do I watch? And everyone goes, watch Full Al Metal Alchemist. And then someone chimes in, watch Brotherhood, not that shitty <sighs> 2001. And I go, see that, yeah. that's, that's, and, and that's... I'm like, what the fuck? I said, today I know what the fuck are you talking about? They're both amazing. They really One are. Is the, like, I mean, Brotherhood again. is the pure vision. That's the, that's the proper it, adaptation. It, mm. But, but the original, the 2001 has its own merits, man. It's, I would actually say, I would say that's really debatable. If Brotherhood is purer, then I mean it is it is because it follows the general story. And no, you know, and let's not call let's not call it pure. Let's not call it pure. Let's call it faithful. Yes, yes, it's more faithful. But I think adaptationally, 
Brotherhood, if you actually watch it and you're like really vibing with like the tone and everything, because Fullman Alchemist, maybe it's because 2003 has always had this effect on me, is quite dark. Is it jovial? Absolutely. But Brotherhood takes the jovial side and sometimes really ruins these like moods, while 2003, in my opinion, has this wonderful way of really like, you know, exemplifying and like sticking with this tone. For example, big bit in my opinion, uh, Edward and Scar and Alphonse, they, they have their confront- Edward and Alphonse have their confrontation with Scar. At the end of the fight in 2003, the brothers are left not in like this like kind of hopeful moment where like, it's cause suddenly like, um, in Brotherhood they'll be like, they're really down. Ed was just about to like lay his life down for his brother because he wants Al to live on no matter what, even without him. Alphonse is absolutely furious. In 2003, they take this scene very seriously, but in Brotherhood, they have it where it's like, suddenly they kind of go chibi, like Alphonse like punches his brother and go, ah! and it's, it's like, oh, you're an idiot. And, and then it's kind of funny. But then 2003 will just have this bit where yes, he still hits him, but it doesn't like, you know, chibify the art style or anything like that, or try and like soften this moment. Yeah, but you go go back, yeah, but go back to the manga. That's exactly what it was like though. Uh, no, I know, but it's like I really feel but yeah, like Yeah, but again, like the, the original has a distinction. It's it, it's it, again, it's not mm -hmm. faithful to the, to the degree that now they get to really do make it their own. Mm. They really get to play with it. It's it, it's very different. It's a it's a wild new take on it. That's quite fascinating. It, it is a bit. Yeah. But it, it just feels like, I guess, I, I also like the visual styles of 2003 more. Have you, like, looked back at the art of 2003? Well, because it's it's that old black paper style that I love so much. That I always, I, I, I say it so much because of Giant <laughs> Robo in the old Pokemon <laughs> movies and stuff. Where it's, it just it just pops more. It just, it, it, there's, the, it has more texture. Like, there's also things like, I don't know, um, I feel like 2003 just in presentation gives a lot more to a scene like uh edward taking off his jacket to show rose the cost of human transmutation and like what she could end up like you know they, they give that scene so much reverence but i guess brotherhood also has a disadvantage where they kind of rushed a lot at the start into smaller segments and they also added in that one filler where it's like uh, Silas Dougal, the ice water alchemist or something like that, which was cool and it's a good way to get people immediately interested through the action and like establishing all the secrets, but it's also like, man, Brotherhood, you just like put all the fucking cards down at once, don't you? I immediately know that Bradley is clearly up to no good and well, super they were, they, evil. They were, they were in a hurry to get to the stuff that they didn't, you didn't get to see in the original. Yeah, yeah, but they, they were like, they were like, like, okay, we, like, they were like, okay, we know you were aware of what this is. Like, now let's get to the stuff you always wanted to see because before, like, but by the time that series wrapped and the, uh, the manga wrapped, it was like, oh my God, there's so much we never got to fucking see. And so brother mm. was like, all right, let's get to that. And it makes me sad, but, but it makes me really sad because a lot of people, like you said, try to invalidate 2000. Yeah, a lot of people it's... don't see the original. A lot of people do not see no. the original. And it's so sad because it, honestly, it has some amazing pieces, like one of my favorite scenes. And it, it also like lines up more with my sensibilities of story writing, where one of my absolute favorite bits, so you have seen it, right? Just confirm that for me, yes or no. Cause it's been, I've, I've dipped in and out of it. I've never done like, like you know with One Piece, like, I will start, watch it start to finish. I've like, I've done a couple episodes at a time over a set of years. Mm. 
-hmm. just to appreciate the style. I always fair enough. Man, I like if there's a moment that's that jumps out to me, it was that fight with fucking Mustang and Fuhrer Bradley. In the, the finale. Yeah, yeah, the finale with the fucking skull. Like that's the shit that just metal as fuck. Again, it was darker. It, it, it was of, more see, it was darker, it was more intimate. A lot of people feel that is an area where it falls apart because you got things like this because, side, because, but, but, yeah, maybe we're talking about the things that yeah, things didn't make sense because they didn't know because yeah. because the, because because the Arakawa didn't know because they like, weren't there yet, so they were just they were, they were making it up as they go. Yeah, and you, but they had and you kind of like, have to respect that. There is this character voiced by Troy Baker. I believe his name is Archer, and by the end of the story, Scar has like decided he is going to like get revenge on the state. He doesn't go the way as he does in Brotherhood. No, Scar goes into full terrorist mode, and he's like, "I'm going to sacrifice the mi the military at Ishval." Actually, the um the big plan of it in O3, where the main villain is like been setting up Lior as the uh, place where the new Philosopher's Stone gonna get made. How that happens, they don't really care. They don't have the connections into the military except for maybe Bradley. No, they, they do, they do. They have Bradley in there, obviously. So, of course, they have the connections. But, um, it's not like Father, where, like, military personnel high enough know who Father is. No, Dante is, like, the main villain in it, who's actually directly connected through to Edward through her having a century-long relationship with his father who then falls in love with Ed's mother along the line and deserts her and then she continues this cycle of making Philosopher's Stones to keep herself alive and immortal while Hohenheim has left the family in this version because his body is slowly degrading and he's like, fuck, I can't be a father. He's, he, and he's just like moping around in places. He's not like in Brotherhood where he kind of like comes back and it's like so he goes, do you remember like in Brotherhood how good Hohenheim was when he first appears? Where he's yes. like, you burned down my house, you're acting like a fucking child. And he's doing all this stuff where he's like, he knows Ed's awake and everything. This is like the example of good writing, the original Fullmetal Alchemist in Brotherhood that I fucking love. But it's like, Ed goes over, I mean, Ein, no not Ein, the dog, Dan, goes over to Ed and Hohenheim's talking to Pinaco and he's like, I'm gonna start talking about shit that I want Ed to hear, hear to Panaco because Ed won't fucking listen to me unless he's being a child and listening through the door. And he's like, was the person you revived even my wife? And that gets Ed th to thinking that's one of the best moments in that. In this version though, he's kind of sad and he's only just reared his head because he's like, Dante's going too far. She's gonna start another war. So Scar, Gets a hold of everything he needs, makes a big fucking transmutation circle around Lior, and because the military want to like take Lior because they've been causing an insurrection, which is started off by lust and envy uh, with uh, Cornello at the very start of the series, like in Brotherhood, but it has way more relevancy to the whole story. He sacrifices the military himself and he makes a Philosopher's Stone inside Alphonse. And this raises the stakes so much because Ed has the fucking Philosopher's Stone, but he's like, I don't know what it'll do to my brother if I use it. Fuck. They, they like have this horrible twisted thing where they get what they want, but it's not in the way that they really want it. Not like with the Philosopher's Stone in Brotherhood, which is really well done. Red has it, it's in front of him, but he knows now the secret of it. It's really fucking good. I love that direction of it. And then it spirals into the homunculi eventually capture Alphonse, Ed's on the lamb from the military. Everything starts fucking tumbling down and Ed gets to this like 
breaking point where, um, you know, greed in it, yeah? Oh, he's Greed? my favorite character. Absolutely. He's one of my favorite characters in 2003. In 2003, Ed has to go on a homunculus killing spree. The first one being Greed, who is being cornered by the woman who made him, his master. And he's like, man, I'm at the end of my fucking, like, you know, road. And he looks to Edward and Ed's like, I want my brother. Ed's, Greed's being a shithead and being like, I'm not going to tell you where he is unless you can beat me. And Ed kills him when not knowing that he's like vulnerable. Ed just thinks, oh, I've got him for the count. And Greed falls to the ground and is like, you fucking killed me, kid. Your brother's fine. I let him go. Um, Go get him. And he's like, what? No, I can't kill you because Ed in this series, similar to Brotherhood, has the rule against killing. I got annoyed at this at one point because there are occasions where Ed's involved in situations and people just get killed crushing rocks, a sword that he like parried out of their hands that so happens to skewer them because it flies into the air and they were being a stupid bitch. And now he's killed this homunculus who turns out to be a much more complicated being than Ed anticipated and he's fucking beside himself because Greed felt the need to force Ed to kill him so that Ed would have the strength to take out the rest of the homunculi. And this is like one of the most important scenes for Ed. Ed. And I feel like I love it when a character's um, philosophies, their beliefs, are pushed to the edge and broken for a good reason. Because it's like, hey, this Val, philosophy... Hey, you, Val, you, you'd probably enjoy Jujutsu Kaisen. I, I, I probably would. I probably... I mean, I did. I enjoyed the anime, but it wasn't like so enjoyable to me that I could like keep up with it like every week. I, I was yeah, because like, it's, it's boring. It's still boring, even when it has its it has its singular great moments. It's boring. <sighs> yeah, it, it's, no, it's it's overall boring. <laughs> Sorry, kind just, had of. To get, just had to get that in this free. I got I, <laughs> I got to keep hammering home that point. Because you see, Jujutsu Kaisen right fans, this is what there, happened. There has to be a whipping boy. If it's not, you, Dororan, you were Dororan, nice to him. You were nice to him when he was like shit talking your show. But it doesn't matter if you if you were uh, shitty back to him, he'd like double down on it, wouldn't no, you? Honestly, no, if you be shitty to me, then I will ruin your show. Like, I, at least I'm <laughs> I, at least I'm conceding that JJK has good elements. Absolutely. And I still think but, it's overall a good thing. I'm just like, it's just not great. It's just not worth my my weekly time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like um. Yeah, I want to make sure that's clear because someone because someone in the Discord was like, Ivan says JJK is bad. I said no. There's a difference between bad and boring. Mm. And I want to make that clear that I'm just bored by it. I, I, it's why I'm just waiting for the anime, and I'll like check things out as I please. But I'll be I'll check I'll be checking out highlight videos of the fights. That's what I'll be I, doing. I probably can't encapsulate everything about like Fullmetal Alchemist 03's greatness in my opinion, but I would say if you are genuinely looking for more Fullmetal Alchemist content, 03 has been there for ages. It was super popular in two in 2003. Like you know Genshiken. I was watching Genshiken a while ago, and that's about a bunch of like anime manga nerds and everything in a club. And it's actually really good. It's like the most realistic depiction of nerds I've ever seen in like a Japanese anime. Um, and that I, I was really like taken aback because they had loads of 2003 Fullmetal Alchemist references to it, where they were like in a manga store looking at Dojinshi. And they had like Full Metal Alchemist magazines in there and everything, and it was like super cool to see that. Um, it's a it, it's a way longer paced series where things go a lot slower at the start. Like you don't meet Greed until like the twenties or something. While in Brotherhood, you meet him in like 
10 episodes or whatever. But it also fills out the world more. I've always felt, if you watch 2003, you probably agree with me on this. I feel it's a very good point. That the world in 2003 feels more fleshed out. And in Brotherhood, you might go to Briggs or something like that. You oh, yeah. No, you're, you're, you're 110% correct about the world building. That like, yeah. it's... it's like, I, I don't know how something so large, like Full Metal Alchemist, can be treated like a block comedy. And that, really that it, it's very much all in like one place. Until they go, like I said, they go to Briggs. But otherwise, like, it's all in that city. I would and also if they go say, to other places, they all look the same. Yeah, in, in 2003, everywhere felt like it had... is very samey. Precisely. In 2003, it felt more like the place of Bavarian, like when they go to Dublith and they meet Greed and everything. It felt like I was on different streets, really. And yeah, they, 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 they go to very distinct places. I even think that 03 really picks up for characters who were, in my opinion, kind of mistreated in uh, Brotherhood. Not massively, like Major Armstrong. In my opinion, Major Armstrong in Brotherhood, while he does cool shit and I love him, I think his character in 03 is so much better. Differences in 2003. Human transmutations uh, result in a homunculus, and the main villain has been going around collecting these homunculus from different people. In 2003, Edward's mother is a homunculus because this woman, like, kind of takes a sick, twisted pleasure in, like, controlling and owning a remnant of Hohenheim's wife and Ed's mother, who he foolishly tried to bring back. She is Sloth in the series, which, in my opinion, is infinitely better than Sloth in Brotherhood or the manga, to be honest, like, on a story basis. And, uh... God. Izumi Curtis their teacher transmutes her baby her womb uh or her dead her dead child trying to revive it and it doesn't work out he becomes wrath in the series and Fuhrer bradley is pride so cool thing with wrath is he's also connected with ed because when ed lost his arm wrath has always been inside the portal ever since izumi tried to human transmutate that shit and he took Ed's arm and leg, so when he emerges from the portal as this, like, long-haired, like, little boy who's just kind of wild and really nice and wants to have fun, and Ed's like, that's my fucking arm, he has the fox bite from my arm, it's, like, built up and everything, and Ed is super like, what the fuck, he has my shit, and I want it back, but because he's a monculus, the government are interested in him, and Armstrong is one of the people that they send to retrieve the boy, and Izumi, like, fights for her life to get him back, because it's her baby, and she's, like, feeling super connected to him. And this is one of my favorite bits from Armstrong, who I feel, after the reveal that he is one of the people that could not fight in Ishval, um, I felt like after that, he was nothing. He, he was, like, you know, mostly kicked around by his sister. He was in the background. He maybe had the bit where he was like, I'm not going to run away. And he kills Sloth with uh, Sig, Izumi's husband in Brotherhood. You remember that shit? Yes. Yeah. In this one, when he, like, takes Wrath and, and, and like, stops Edwin, Ed's like, what the fuck, give him back. He has my arms and legs and everything. Plus, you know, he's my teacher's son, I guess. But really, he wants his arms. And, and Armstrong looks him in the eye and, like, what are you going to do, Ed? Are you going to tear the boy's arms and legs off to fulfill your childish desires? And it's like, fuck, he can't answer it because he was totally fucking thinking about it. It's there. Ed has this, what I'm going to describe as like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, dark determination in him, where he's almost on the breaking point a lot of the time to break in his codes, like in Laboratory 5, 
Where the only bit that puts me off is when it's like Ed comes in contact with the Red War and it's like, this boy has the power of a god. And it's like, I, I, I wouldn't quite go that far. But a lot of characters just really get that extra thing that I think they needed in 2003. I, I know probably people are going to go, what are you talking 2003's kind of shit, maybe if they have watched it. Because I understand. There's a lot of filler at the start. Yeah, um, I still but, stand, but I still like Brotherhood better, but... And that's fair. That's I, a completely but, but fair thing. I, when it comes to like... When I ever, whenever I argue for... Whenever I play Devil Advocate for mm -hmm. the 2003, I always use your arguments. Because you're so right. Because you are so fucking right about it. It's it's just a it's a really good fucking show. Like and the ending, I actually, I like the ending of Brotherhood. I like how happy it is at the very end for like everyone. You know, you get the picture board. It felt like such a journey to like go by, and it's like everyone got what they fucking wanted. Kind of, not Yoki, not Yoki. He's like stuck with those animals at a circus. But in O3. And it's one of my favorite things, and in that ending actually makes me fucking bawl my eyes out when I get to it. In the end, Edward makes the ultimate sacrifice for his brother, utilizing um, himself. And he goes to the gate, and he, like, sacrifices himself, and it's like, well, that's, it's not gonna work, because, like, you've tried that, you know, a human can't feel like a human. But then it's like, Alphonse woke up, in the transmutation circle didn't have a single fucking memory about the journey that they've been on and it's about how edward not only sacrificed himself but all of the experience and and the memories that they had together on this incredible journey to give alphonse back like you know this uh, semblance of normality even if it's without him and there's also this thing about alternate dimensions where Edward like slips into our reality in World yeah, War II. Yeah, that's the stuff I always remember about. Yeah, it. Of, above same. all else, I always remember the ending about the alternate realities. Yeah, and I I thought it was fucking cool where it's like the only thing that like split these universes was the discovery of alchemy in this shit, and it gets into some like Hohenheim's part of some uh probably Nazi like getting to Nazi shit cult and everything, looking into um. Uh, the the uh, paranormal or whatever and it, it all leads into the movie which I'm not going to talk about here because that's a whole other kettle of fish I feel like the movie has its own uh, great aspects to it that I like but th that is neither here nor there and um, Mustang similar to Brotherhood it has like lost uh, like some sight he, he loses an eye in his conflict with Bradley and getting shot by Archer who gets turned into a fucking Terminator at the end with one half of his body a man, the other half a robot. It's in fucking it's fucking insane. <laughs> one of the bits that everyone's like, this is stupid. And I I can't disagree with that, to be honest. Um But unlike Brotherhood, where I feel like it's kinda bullshit, because he chooses I mean, it's good because he has his own philosophies on things. He chooses in Brotherhood to use the Philosopher's Stone to build better for the Ishvalans and, like, make up for his, um, the, the war and everything. Um, and that's cool. But in this one, he just fucking looks to Hawkeye as Hawkeye's like, you know, fucking bowling eyes out. I failed you and everything. Um, your plan was actually, like, perfect. And she's like, and you could have died. And this is like a big moment for Hawkeye. This is like the first time she like breaks down in the series, I think, because she's far more stoic in 03 and capable, actually. She's not very often put into a vulnerable situation. And Mustang goes on to explain to her, because he's 
had a journey of his own. He's lost his best friend. Um, he said goodbye to Full Metal Alchemist, uh, like, for the last time and everything. A character who he views in 03 very, in a very complicated manner. He kind of views, uh, Full Metal as, like, a sort of son, in a way, I would say. But he's, like, weirdly antagonistic to him. He's not, like, in Brotherhood, where he's overly, like, kind of friendly and everything. He's really antagonistic to him. And in the end, he, like, gets so pissed off that... Ed just fucking up and leaves at one point, the military, and goes on the lamb. And he's just like, man, with everything that happens, no matter what happens, life is just gonna keep on fucking spinning, Hawkeye. And that's fucking beautiful. And it really gave me hope at the end. This is the bit that got me, because he, it goes in, in 03, and how Mustang was gonna fucking kill himself after Hughes died. Like, he was thinking about human transmutation, like, I've just thought about fucking ending it, because he can't fucking live without Hughes. It's so fucking sad. It just stabs me in the fucking heart. That's my goddamn tangent, though. That's the... Watch 03. No matter what anyone has said, Brotherhood is amazing. Full Metal Alchemist is amazing. 03 is actually a fucking GOAT series you should check out. Keep in mind, it varies wildly from Brotherhood, but it's so fucking worth it if you sit down and try to appreciate all the fucking things it does. That's my fucking bit over. No, I think, no, I, I'm so, I, I we, since we started this podcast, I've been waiting for this episode where I finally got you to just state the case for Full Metal Alchemist 2003 because no one will, few, far few will do it. Yeah. And I no, think it's amazing. They I love it. Won't. I mean, no, there's like a now, only now, a bunch of people on YouTube who've been doing it. But this series is almost 20 years old. Yeah, no, it took its time. But no, Val, like, I want to watch it so fucking bad right now. Do it. I will watch it with you. I I want to watch it so fucking bad. It's it's genuinely great. I I love the ending. The movie is controversial in in the way that it goes. But, like, like it tried to fit in an arc, like another season into a movie and it does some pretty cool shit with like hell uh, now nah, i'm not gonna say it. that's too much spoiler i'm not gonna talk about that seriously if you haven't watched it go watch 03 it made me wait with bated fucking breath i started reading the manga knowing that the story wasn't quite over and then brotherhood came out and i remember sorry this is the suffering i remember watching Brotherhood, and i was like don't kill it again let him get with winry don't make him fall in love with that bitch rose Fuck. Which also, poor Rose, why did they, like, fucking whitewash her in Brotherhood? Japan. Uh, maybe. We've had this maybe. discussion before. Maybe. But yeah, on that note, though, I think this is where we step off yeah, for the week. Yeah, I got, I got shit to do. I got you go. got shit to do, I got shit to do, we all got shit to do. Yeah, um, but it's always so good to be So next back. week, we will, we will return to the scene next week, because I think by next week, we'll finally have our lead-in to the, um... The, the, one pe- the One Piece Red movie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go see that in cinema. I've got, like, my friends have all, like, agreed, like, we're going to go in a fucking group. Right. Like, even yep, the one that's same. only just finished Sky Pier, I'm like, dude, you're going to see a lot of stuff you have no idea about. Yeah, apparently last time I checked, they're going to have freaking, uh, they're going to have Gear 5 in that movie. That's going to, okay, that's, I'm really excited to see that uh, anime. I, I, mean, I mean, who doesn't want to see but that anime also, right so, away? So this is I don't bo- blame them. Some people are bad, like, bro, like, who like if you if you were working on the One Piece anime, you'd want to draw that shit as soon as possible, right? right? I, I'm I'm also just like, fuck, you know, I bet it won't actually be. I bet it won't be 
Gear 5. If it is, I'll be surprised, but I bet it's gonna I be like, like a peak, like, like, like kind of like how Dragon Ball Z did back in the day, where it was like a foe Super Saiyan, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 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 against like, uh, well, I was thinking because Gear 2nd was actually like kind of hinted at in like, uh, Movie 8, where he like right. kind of did it, um, and then he just did one of the most insane moves he's ever done. Movie 8 is the Machine Island or something, which is yeah, kind of a Kikaru weird Yeah, Machine Fortress Island, yeah. Yeah, which I don't hate it, but it's really not one of the One Piece movies that I'd highly recommend to people like Dead I know, it's, it's just before the cusp of its greatness, before it the really, really good shit starts coming about. Yeah, I mean, But anyways, yeah, yeah we, will, we will discuss this further next week. I'm so excited um, for that. Everyone, thank Val. Thank you for that. Um, this is a great episode, as always. Every time we stop recording, we always go, "Whoops, another banger!" All bangers, <laughs> and this one bangs one of the hardest. But audience, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for putting up with my unwarranted just jabs at perfectly fine series like Jujutsu Kaisen. And just thanks for sticking with us for 25 episodes, and those who continue to keep joining us for the first time. Thank you. Thank you. And here's to 25 more. Fuck we'll see yeah. you soon, folks. I'll leave it. I'll leave in another 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Later, all. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Gooner Bear, Jelly Donut, and Fluffy Giggles McCool Kid. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.